I invite you all to turn with me to the first letter of John. That's the first letter of John, 1 John, chapter 1. As we begin to do a study on a new book, that's John's first letter. We'll give um, Acts a break for a while. Um, and then when we go back to Acts, we go immediately into Paul's third and final missionary journey. But I thought this is a great letter to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to examine our own hearts, because there's a lot of contrast between loving God and not loving God, etc., which I will mention as I go through this letter. But we should be in, in 1 John, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Some translations also say, your joy may be complete. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Scripture. The Scripture is there to help us stay on the narrow road. It's there to warn us. And it's there to keep us walking in truthfulness, holding fast to the truth, the gospel of truth. You've given us the spirit of truth which indwells us, the Holy Spirit. And yeah, Father, we, we just pray that you would help me to be clear and understood and, and open up our hearts and our minds to the word that we can examine our own hearts and, and see if we are walking faithfully, humbly with you and honouring you in everything. So, Father, help us now. Help me as I work through this letter. Give me wisdom and strength to endure and to keep preaching faithfully, and always preach Christ crucified. May he always be at the center of everything, the center of our lives, and at the center of our homes as well. But thank you now, Father, for this lovely letter, kind of a letter of love as well. You just see how John loved Jesus and how he loved people as well. Those, the brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray and ask this morning, in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to start with, is our joy complete? When I say, is our joy complete, is it complete in God or in the world? I'm not saying that we get to a point where we arrive and we have this perfect joy. I'm not saying that at all. You either get joy from God or you can get joy from the world. Now, there's nothing wrong with joy from the world. I know there's going to be great joy in my heart when this virus goes completely. And I'm quite sure the same is going to be with you. There'll be great joy in our hearts when this load shedding eventually gets sorted out. And there was also great joy in my heart when 
because I enjoy watching rugby when South Africa won or beat the British Lions 3-1 in the Test Series. 2-1 in the Test Series. We can say 3-1 because we had a, a game outside. But the world can bring joy to our hearts. You go away and you go to a lovely place and there is joy in that. But is that joy complete? No, it's not complete because it doesn't last. It's temporary joy. A joy that wears off. So the world cannot make our joy complete. But when we think of God, or when we think of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons, one God, that should bring us great joy. The fact that we can know God, the fact that what Jesus did on the cross for us, unworthy, not deserving anything, and the fact that God comes to live in our hearts, the Holy Spirit, that should give us so much joy that we should look at Peter. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. The, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for sinners, that he, that he loved us while we were yet sinners, to bring us to God, his fa to God, to, to God his Father, to reconcile us, to, to save us, that should bring great joy. But it's also joy that is inexpressible, joy that we cannot always communicate. We cannot, it's, it's beyond words, speech or expression. It's a joy that a Christian should really know. Just like when you pray, when you're anxious, do not pray. Pray while you... When you're anxious, pray to God with thanksgiving and share your anxieties with God. So the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding. There's a peace that also surpasses all understanding. But you know, as a Christian, it's there. Even though there's so much turmoil out there and chaos and the world is like upside down. There's a joy that is in our hearts. And joy is a gift from God. That's why Nehemiah declared, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God's, the joy of God's word should be our strength. The joy of coming to church should be our strength. God's joy is full and complete in every way. When God answers our prayers, surely that brings joy to our hearts and he's answered many prayers I'm guaranteed if I asked each one of us here to share a prayer that brought great joy to your heart joy complete you would share someone said joy is a part of God's own nature and spirit that he manifests in his children and because this joy is a gift and, and it manifests in his children, we are commanded to have this joy and show it. Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, and he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So when I, what I mean by joy complete is our joy can only be complete when we are in fellowship with God and in fellowship with 
his people. We belong to his church, which is Jesus' Jesus's body, Christ's body. Joy can only be complete when we are in a right, right relationship with God. There's no room for individualism in the church because then self is at the centre of the universe. And John writes this letter to help us to understand that we belong to God first and then we belong to his people second. We are saved to belong to God and his people. Now, if you have to go back to John's gospel, the gospel according to John, John wrote that gospel for this reason. John chapter 20 verse 31 tells us, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's eternal life, salvation, eternal life, which brings joy complete. Now John writing this letter, he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. But the purpose for this first letter, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So he's writing to Christians, to believers, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that's what we want to look at in this letter. So that we know that we have salvation and it's our true salvation and we can have the assurance of salvation because there's warning in this letter against false teaching as well people fall by the side they become followers of men or women so john wants john seeks to reassure his readers that they are christians and he provides them with a number of ways in which they can know that they are believers and i think it's important especially the times that we are living in are we holding fast christ as true believers that's why i said there's many contrasts in this letter there's walking light walk in darkness there's those who keep god's commandments or god's word there's those who don't there's those who love their brother and there's those who hate their brother there are those who love the world, there are those who do not love the world. There are those who practice righteousness, there's those who don't practice righteousness. There are those who love, there's those who don't love. There are those who believe God, and there are those who don't believe God. And those who have the Son, and there are those who do not have the Son. And he's writing to people that sometimes say they're Christians, but they're not holding fast. God's commandments or God's word. So this letter is a warning and this letter also helps us to, to examine our, our hearts to see if we are truly walking with God and are truly saved. Because we know this, this hell is one destination and heaven is the other destination. Man can only live two ways, God's way or man's way. And we all want to live God's way. So we are now going to turn to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And hopefully we will look at two truths, or we'll just look at one truth that opens up our pathway to joy complete. So maybe you're sitting here, 
thinking you have joy complete, maybe you don't. This letter is also challenging my heart. Because there's a lot of things out there that bring us joy in the world, but are we really finding great joy in God, in Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit, and, and in His Word, in the triune God? So we're going to turn now to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and, and, and open up that way to joy complete. And we're going to look at two truths. Our first truth that opens up our pathway to joy complete is first our eternal life with God, which we see in verses 1 to 2 of 1 John chapter 1. Someone said the central event of history is the advent of eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's why we want unsaved people saved in our families so that they can have eternal life they can share in the blessings they can share in this joy complete but john starts off in the first two verses and he's bringing his readers back to the person who brings eternal life the person who is the center of eternal life which we know is jesus because the only way a person can have eternal life with God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he himself said to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So John, the author of this letter, is one of the chosen witnesses, just like there were the other apostles, who saw heard and touched Jesus, the Son of God. He's kind of telling these false teachers that, that Jesus was the Son of God. Because there were some people that said, Spirit is, 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 is true, but matter is false and, and evil. So how could Jesus be the Son of God if He was, if he was fully, truly man and truly God? If he, the Spirit could not live in Him. To make him the son of God in that sense. So when you think of Gnosticism, that's kind of what it is. They say that, that matter is evil and spirit is true and they can't live together. That's why he's, he's coming back to this and telling them that, that, that we have witnessed, we've heard and touched Jesus, the son of God, who existed from the beginning. And this son of God had eternal fellowship with the father. And he's come down and now he's extended to those who trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. The Father is extending salvation, eternal life, to us through Jesus. And that's why when we look at, if we listen carefully here, if we look at verse 1 of 1 John chapter 1, we get the words, beginning, that which was from the beginning, which echoes John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Then we, sometimes we will say John chapter 1, verse 1, echoes Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And when you bring these three different verses from three different books together, they are telling us, or they're letting us know that the Son of God existed eternally with the father 
That Christ Jesus was there in the beginning. He's existed eternally. God has existed eternally. That's why it's always the question when a, new, when a person saved and they're a new Christian or, or a child always asks, who made God? Who created God? Well, He's existed eternally. In the beginning. In the beginning. God is eternal. He's existed eternally. And, and what John's trying to do here in this letter, in verse 1 of 1 John chapter 1, he describes that Jesus is the word of life. He is the word of life towards the end of verse 1. He was looked upon, he was touched, he was heard, he was seen concerning the word of life. And verse 2, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. There in verse 2, Jesus was also the eternal life. Because Jesus, the word of life and eternal life, brings eternal life. It brings us into a relationship with God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of life, like we said, is God's Son, the man Jesus. And what did Jesus come to do? Well, John Chapter 1, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Jesus came to make God known, or we can say, in Jesus, God has made Himself known savingly. Salvation is unto the Lord. Salvation is in Jesus alone. God's eternal word, His own and only begotten Son became flesh and that's the heart of the gospel jesus christ became flesh the son became flesh so when we go back to verse 1 of 1 john chapter 1 john is talking about jesus christ jesus which we have heard which we have seen which we've looked upon and touched concerning the word of life we know that when Jesus appeared with his disciples in the room, Doubting Thomas said, I'll only believe if I can touch his hand and put my finger in his side. And when Jesus did appear, he said to Thomas, Come, touch, put your hand here. And he appeared to the apostles. And they heard and they looked upon him and they touched and they saw him, the word of life, which is Jesus in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. And, and, and because Jesus appeared, he's the one they proclaim. Because if he hadn't appeared, it's obvious, then they would not proclaim to us the eternal life. So, the, so John's a witness, an eyewitness, and he's reminding his readers... So in verses 1 to 2 of 1 John chapter 1, the message of Christ and the person of Christ are one. Because yeah, it's talking about the message as well as the person. Have heard, have seen, have looked upon, have touched concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. 
So it's talking about Jesus, the person, and Jesus, his message that we proclaim. I like what someone said, just in a few words, God's name is a message. Jesus Christ, his name is a message. And it's through him we have eternal life and we receive joy complete. It's always going back to what Romans says, faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of Christ. And, and, and Jesus gives us eternal life and that has to open the way to joy complete. Because if you don't have eternal life, you have eternal death. Jesus needs to be heard. He's the one and the only way for sinners to be reconciled to God and be rescued from the wrath to come, be rescued from hell. That does not bring joy. I think we've lost sight of, of, of condemnation, of hell, of what's going to happen to unsaved people. What you see out here is just a taste of what hell's really going to be like. What you see what's going on in Afghanistan, what you see what's going on in the Middle East, what you see what's going on in America, or yeah, with the looting and the rioting, hell is going to be worse than that. Aren't we privileged to be children of God? But are we showing the world His great joy through our lives? Until we are saved, united to Jesus Christ, we remain under God's wrath, facing the prospect of eternal death, and there's no joy in that. Our eternal life with God through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, makes our joy complete. And Scripture says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Eternal life brings joy in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us and He helps us to cultivate, cultivate that joy can, so that joy can be worked out in our sufferings, in our trials. And it's hard. When you see what's going on in our country, it's hard to find joy at times, but we have to fight for this joy. We have to go to the Scriptures and, and allow God's Word to, to, to sanctify us and cleanse us and build us up in this joy so we can continue expressing this joy into the lives of people and telling people about Christ who gives them eternal life, to have this joy complete as well. Hardships are around us and they'll always be around us. It's how we enter through we enter through many tribulations into heaven. We enter th through many sufferings into heaven. And we can only experience true joy after we've believed the gospel, put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to be born again. Like I said, joy complete comes from eternal life. We cannot manufacture this joy. So each one of us, yeah, this morning, must ask the question honestly. 
Am I a true child of God? Have I eternal life? And am I experiencing joy complete? Not perfectly. Let's be honest, we're up and down with joy. Just like we're up and down loving and caring. Just like we're up and down with peace, with patience, with self-control. But are we experiencing joy complete in God alone? Or am I finding myself a counterfeit Christian and I'm always trying to manufacture my joy through the love of this world so the world can bring me a joy? Someone came through that door now and told us, guys, when you go out that door, your home is gone. It's been confiscated. All your possessions are gone. It's just you now to fellowship together and help each other. What will our joy be like? Obviously, we will we will, there will be anxiety. We will, our joy might go down a little bit. But the joy of Christ and Him being our provider and Him being the Almighty God should bring us back up to a joy and we should love each other and work together. And that's what I want to look at, Lord willing, next week. Is the second truth that opens up the pathway to joy complete is fellowship with God first. That's why we need eternal life is to have fellowship with God. And it doesn't stop there. There's many people that all they do is have fellowship with God, growing in knowledge of God, and they tell you how much they love God and, and know things about God, but there's no fellowship with His people. And I'm talking about His people in the church. Because the church is His people. And we'll see what is right fellowship and what is true fellowship and what is counterfeit fellowship. Because we want joy complete. So this first truth that we looked at in 1 John chapter 1 verses 1 to 2, our eternal life in God, have we allowed this truth to open up joy complete in our own lives? Have we looked at the cross? Have we repented and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, believed in His name? Confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. Because if you believe, you will be saved. You will have eternal life. You will have joy complete. And you will endure the struggles with joy. Not perfect joy, but joy complete because it's complete in God alone. In Himself and His Word. So the challenge is ours when we go out that door. Who will your joy be in? If you have eternal life, will your joy be in God alone or in just the things you have? There's nothing wrong with having things and there's nothing wrong with them bringing joy to your heart. But if that's them alone and that's what they do for you, you need to examine your heart. Why isn't Christ alone bringing this joy this joy that, that Peter said, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Are we experiencing that 
joy in God. Joy complete in God. Let's pray. Father, forgive me and forgive us because we're not always experiencing joy complete from you alone. There are times when other things bring joy and we forget about that you should bring joy alone. So Father, please help us. Give us the wisdom to fight for this joy, to go to the Scriptures and fight for this joy. It's a fruit of the Spirit and we need to cultivate it through your Word. If Nehemiah said to us, the joy of the Lord is our strength, then we need to make the joy our strength that comes from you alone. So Father, please forgive us. But give us wisdom, each one of us here, to, 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 to know this joy complete. To get, examine our hearts, to see if we have eternal life. And if we have eternal life, then joy complete should follow. Not perfectly, but more often than not in our lives. Father, you've given us your Spirit to help us. He is the helper. He illuminates the Scriptures and teaches us the truth so we can walk in your ways and honour you. So please, Father, help us to, to fight for this joy. If there's anybody here that's struggling, may you open up that pathway through eternal life so they too may have joy complete in God alone, through Christ alone, for your glory alone, Father. Help us, Father. Thank you again, Father, that you, through your love and through your Son, we have eternal life so we can have joy complete in you. Help us, Father. Help us, please, to be obedient to that joy complete. Pray on us this all in Jesus' name. Amen.